Happy Thanksgiving, Miss. We are now in that fun period in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm always reminded that in these family celebrations, there are certain things that always make the family celebration a little bit interesting. You know, uh, it, typically you gather around the family, t- family table or you hang out with friends and, and you know that things are getting really good when the inside jokes start to come out. You ever, you ever have that experience? Like It's like Christmas or Thanksgiving rolls around, the family gets together, and your uncle tells the same joke that he's been telling for the last 10 years. And, and it's almost an inside joke in the family that you know, okay, he's going to tell the joke again. Or there's that sideway glance that comes when something comes up in a family's history. In our family, my mom telling the infamous glamour shot story. Uh, But that's a story for another time. And um, everybody looks at one another and you know that the inside joke is coming. And the thing about inside jokes that I've learned through the years is that inside jokes are what tell you that you really belong. When you know the stories, you know the history, when you're um, sharing those moments that have been a part of the narrative of what makes a family or a group of friends one in the same, uh, those inside jokes say everything about what it means to be a part of that community. And there's something so beautiful and so mysterious as we share those stories that community is built, that there's this beautiful sense of belonging that begins to flourish from those points. You know, You may also have experienced the other side of that, to be sitting with a group of friends and that inside joke comes around and you realize, I have no clue at all what they're talking about. In fact, few things feel more isolating or maybe carry this sense of I don't belong than sitting in those moments where I I know this is supposed to be funny and I just don't get it. And one of the things that I've really been convicted over the last few years is that in the life of a church, one of the most important things that we can do is to develop a language and a culture of what it means to belong, to begin to share those moments of celebration and inside stories of, man, this is where we've seen God at work over a period of time. You see this rhythm again and again throughout the pages of Scripture, and we'll look at one of those today. But today, what I want to do is I want to invite you to come with me on a journey as we look back over the last few months as a church. I want to tell you, you all have a seat at the table, and today we're going to share some of those inside stories of some beautiful things that God has been up to over this last season. Because celebrating and remembering are such an important part of what it means to be a part of God's family. Again, if you look at the pages of Scripture again and again, you see these rhythms where the people of God gather and they do something powerful to mark the history of something that God has done in a profound way among his people. Well, one of my favorite scenes, maybe a passage that you're familiar with, is found in the book of 1 Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 7. Uh, this is really a culmination point in the nation's history. Uh, basically, uh, the Ark of the Covenant had been returned to Kiryat Urim. The people had had a radical turn away from idolatry. They tore down all the different idols and things that they had set up. Add to that the fact that their greatest enemies, the Philistines, had come against them. And God showed up in a powerful way, overcoming their enemies. And then the prophet and judge Samuel does something so fascinating. And we find the account of it in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shin and called its name Ebenezer. 
For he said, till now, the Lord has helped us. In this moment, when Israel is celebrating all the ways that God had shown up, literally what the prophet Samuel does is he gets this huge rock and he sets it into its place. And he says, in this rock, every time you go past it, let it be a remembrance to us. God showed up. He has been faithful 10,000 times in the past and he will be faithful 10,000 times as we look to the future. You know, one of my favorite verses in the scripture is found in Psalm 46, verse 1, where there we're told, the Lord is our refuge and strength, a well-proved help in times of trouble. If you, if you look at that verse in your Bible, you'll notice a little reference in the, at the bottom of the page. And it will tell you that the Hebrew word there can mean either well-proved or very present. And as is often the case in Hebrew, which is it? Yes. Yes. God has shown up. He has been both a well-proved source in times of trouble and he's very present right here and right now. And one of the most powerful things that we can begin to do as the body of Christ is to celebrate, to remember, to build Ebenezer's in our heart of marking God showed up, God did something amazing and we don't want to simply let it pass by without taking notice. In fact, can I tell you, this is why celebrating is so incredibly important. Because celebrating helps us to remember God's faithfulness in our lives. As we tell the stories of where God has showed up again and again and again, we are reminded that that same work, that same God is very present right here, right now. It's why as we continue to build in areas of community, one of the things that we want to grow in, in doing is these patterns of celebration. You might recall that as we launched into this season, one of the things that we did was to talk about four rhythms that we want to press into as we practice community together in the life of a body. We talk a lot about city groups, and, and the word city serves as an acrostic for how we want to do community, not just in city groups, but across all of our different spaces of community. The C, standing for connect with God daily. We want to be a church that encourages people to, to grow and to deepen in their own personal encounter and relationship with Christ. We want to be a church that practices intentional meals with others, where we are in a rhythm of, of doing life around a dinner table, where we're asking the next question, where we're going deeper relationally. We want to be a church that marks times of Sabbath, to recognize that in this hurried culture that tells you that life is always about doing the next thing, that it is in times of Sabbath, in times of getting away and maybe looking at life in a fresh way, that we encounter God in profound ways. And that lastly, we want to yield to God's spirit to bless others. We want to be a church that's growing in our sensitivity to opportunities that God is giving us to be a church in the city, for the city, and seeking a city above. And as, as I began to look at this celebration service, one of the things that I just became so profoundly aware of is how embarrassing, embarrassingly good God has been to our church family over this last season. And I want to I look at these rhythms and share with you some of the beautiful stories of what God has been doing over the last 10 weeks in our church family. Some beautiful pictures of where his faithfulness is just showing up in deep and profound ways. And we'll start with the first of those this rhythm of connecting with God daily. 
Again, I'm convinced more and more that it is out of the overflow of our personal relationship with God that we will serve and be a part of blessing others. One of the things that has always struck me about Fellowship Nashville is the incredibly, embarrassingly good deep bench God has given us of artists in this congregation. Um, I've, I, I have a special heart and love for artists because artists are the creators. They are, they are the incarnators. They are the ones that give voice to ideas. They are the ones that give picture and image and reality. And, and because of that, we started this sermon series with a challenge as we went through the Sermon on the Mount to ask the artists of our congregation to prepare some pieces of art as God would lead them uh, through the different seasons. And today, I want to I share with you um, what's been submitted. We will eventually have these on display here around the church. But uh, man, just some beautiful pictures, some beautiful images of what it means to look and to practice this, this image. Because friends, connecting with God daily is simply becoming aware of his presence and his reality in our lives. So let me start with the first piece of art. This is from a gal named Shana Frey. Shana Frey is a member of the church I was a part of in Washington, and she's actually been following our sermon series online and submitted a couple pieces of art for this. The first is this image that she calls singular reality. This was written in response to the message on blessed are those who mourn. Uh, this reality that in the questions, God is holding our tears in a bottle that God is aware of the presence. And to those who mourn, the blessing that they are given is that they will be comforted. A second piece of art came from the Egley family, and together they looked at that verse, seek first the kingdom. And, and this reality is a family that came together, and they prepared this piece of art to be reminded as a family and to practice just the blessing, that when we seek first the kingdom, we find that every other good thing is added to us. Along with that image, Kate Bachman prepared a tapestry and uh, using emojis, uh, she leaned into the, do not worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll put on, but seek first the kingdom of heaven. I love that, it's beautiful. Next, Andrew Layton and, uh, to, to the verse about look at the birds of the air and how God so richly provides how God gives out of his abundance and his beauty to us. Next, uh, the call to look out for the false teachers. <laughs> Love this one. You know, who come to you as, as wolves in sheep's clothing. Um, next, Natalie Smith about building our house on the rock. And the, and the invitation to... Um, build our, and anchor our lives on that which matters. Again, Andrew Leighton preparing this one, similar passage about you know, building our house on the firm foundation of God's faithfulness and goodness. And then lastly, um, Shana Frey also creating this piece. She came to the end of the Sermon on the Mount and painted this picture that is a picture of Jesus looking at the whole of reality and the reminder that in the midst of it all, Jesus wins. Jesus is the victor of it all, and this is supposed to be a picture that imagines him coming in that final day as he brings all things to their ultimate completion. Amazing! Guys, I, I am just overwhelmed 
with how God has spoken through the artists of our congregation and continues to speak. A number of folks have said, hey, we've still got art projects in mind, but we didn't get to the end of them. Can we turn them in later? The answer is yes. This is an ongoing conversation that we want to continue to have where we want to talk about all the different ways that we as a church family can practice the rhythm of meeting with God in a variety of different ways. Sometimes that's in the form of artwork. Um, That's often in the times of personal prayer. Sometimes that's in just practicing the rhythms of doing life together and being intentional in bringing the conversation back to Jesus. But again and again, one of the things that we want to mark as a church family is a rhythm and a passion to encounter God on a daily basis. Again, one of the primary ways that we'll do that is in community. You know, um, one of the things that you simply can't escape as you look at the teachings of Jesus is how often Jesus does discipleship and relationship over meals. Uh, There is just something sacred and beautiful about food. Um, sometimes I think I think it's a little too sacred and beautiful. But uh, it, there's just something powerful as we share intentional meals where we invite people into deeper spaces of community and invite people um, to walk in, 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 in an experienced recognition of the presence of Jesus. And so uh, over this last session, uh, there was a powerful story that occurred when a city group decided to step outside of their comfort zone. And I won't, I won't take their thunder, but uh, I want to share with you a brief video that shares a little bit about that story. Hi, we're the Grams. Oh, let's do that again. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hi there, I'm Rob. I'm Natalie. And we're the Grams. I'm Laura. And I'm Patrick. And we are the Pearsons. I'm Kevin. And I'm Emily, and we are the Mitchells. Tell me a little bit about what prompted you to invite the Pearsons into your city group. Coming into the church and not knowing anybody, um, and just kind of feeling uh, like swarmed with people, uh, whereas we just hadn't experienced that at any other church. Um, so just going forward with that, like we just want to make sure that every time we see somebody new, we're just being really intentional and getting to know them. It's been a blessing. They've, they're super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a little bit prepared here, so we were introduced to the Pearsons after church by Gabe. Shout out, Gabe! Um, and we actually found out that they lived in our same apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Where our group's actually getting together tonight for a meal and maybe a little bit of pumpkin carving. Let's go ahead and invite them and see if they come, right? Crazy thing is, they actually showed up. It was a a day of invites. So I just want to say, Fellowship Nashville has always been uh, a wonder, has always done a wonderful job at welcoming visitors and an even better job at providing visitors uh, with a sense of community. We have this famous saying that before you believe you belong. Uh, I've heard that a couple times here at church. Pearsons, tell us what, what it was like for you to walk into a church for the first time and just the power of these guys saying, hey, come out for a meal. Having this church walk in welcomed and then afterwards being, I guess, confronted with, do you want to pursue community? And that was the question we wanted to say yes to. And It was like our second week in Nashville when we came to this church. So just kind of like, you never know where someone might be coming from. We were like desperate for community and like, just like praying to God for like, please make something happen. And 
this has just been like a huge blessing. So it's about all there is. Totally. Yeah. And now you're in a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's our plan all along. Fellowship yeah. famous. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you want to give to people about, you know, when they see that person in church and they're wondering, should I, should I make that invite? Should I invite them out to lunch? What um, really connected us so quickly is like finding a common interest. It just so happened that we this past year started a newly married city group and it was great because Gabe could then say, hey, we have friends who um, like are newly married and the Pearsons are as well. So yeah, I think too, just stepping out of your comfort zone, understanding that, you know, you were at that point once and I think there's a lot of Sundays where I feel like God just calling me to speak to somebody and I don't know why and you know, the, the times that I take that, I'm always thankful for that. I think like what Laura said, she said, um, you don't know where anyone's coming from that mm -hmm. Sunday and it could be someone who heard about it and they live a block away and they've never been to church or people who have moved across the country and are absolutely desperate for <laughs> anyone to hang out with them. Um, like a friendly demeanor and smile can say a lot, even if you're not someone who's like super extroverted, because I'm definitely like shy and talking to strangers isn't my favorite thing to do. But even just like being friendly and, you know, like maybe praying to God before the service, like God help me be like a friendly face today. I think that can do a lot. What are you guys excited about as a city group Would you look to the future? Just excited to do do life more um, with each other, like, and not, like, just on the scheduled times where they have to spend time together. Getting more practice at being vulnerable and seeing what a, like, amazing outcome that can bring. Like, every time I feel like we go deeper as a group, like, people are just, I feel like you have a new sense of trust with everybody and like it just reminds you like when God calls you to step out of your comfort zone it's for a reason and like you can see an immediate benefit it's just so cool team the team 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> team team cool. team I love it alright yeah let's give these guys a hand Guys, I think, I think what, I, what I was so powerfully reminded of as I was with these guys as they filmed this was just the power of a simple invite. You know, I think a lot of times what happens on, on, on churches, sometimes we can have that wonder of like, man, do those guys really want to hang out? Do they really want to connect? Just the power of simply walking across and saying, hey, you want to come hang with us after church? You want to go to lunch for, with us? And to just learn the story of doing life with other people. Man, it's powerful. <laughs> And I think for us as a church to just continue, we do this so well, but to just continue to press in to those spaces of um, deepening in those intentional meals, deepening in the practice. In fact, one of the things that we have built in in this call to intentional meals is the challenge for each of us to decide a rhythm of what that intentional meal should look like. Is that once a month, once a week, a couple times a month? And to just be intentional in setting the space on the calendar, being intentional in inviting people to take that step because it's powerful as we, together around those meals, as we ask the next question, as we practice vulnerability, go deeper in those relationships with one another. It's powerful. 
All right, so let's, uh, let's move a little bit then to time for Sabbath. You know, it, this is one that I just am growing in my passion around. I think in our, in our culture that continues to tell us, do more, be more, move on to the next thing. Uh, one of the things that we so often hear is that the depth of our relationship with Jesus is marked by how often um, we are doing and, and tr- trying to do more. I love, I love what um, Pete Scazzaro teaches in his uh, work, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, when he reminds us that our doing must be matched by our being. And sometimes Sabbath can look like the absence of work, but sometimes Sabbath looks like a redirection. Sometimes Sabbath looks like an intentional willingness to do something a little bit different, to step outside of our comfort zone, to step out of the routine and to do something that we wouldn't normally do. And over the last few weeks, a um, couple of our guys, Bennett Wilson and Daniel Riggs, were a part of a retreat um, called Men at the Cross. And uh, this is a retreat that really challenges guys to go deeper in their relationship with Jesus. And uh, watching the way that these guys set aside time, the way that these guys uh, went on this retreat, and the way that these guys dug deeper, and even to hear the stories of what God did in them, is they set this time to the side to be challenged, to go deeper, and to recognize that God is doing a deep work in them. And so I'm going to share a little bit about their story um, as they went to the Men at the Cross retreat. You guys went on this retreat together. And uh, man, I'm imagining that you guys were very much kind of pushed to the edge. How would you describe what, what that was like? Definitely got pushed outside of my comfort zone, for sure. Kind of highlighted some of the places I was hiding from, from Christ, but kind of also brought back like a remembrance of who I am in Christ. Uncomfortable is the word. We like to stay in our comfort zones and a lot of times God will meet us at the edge of our comfort zone. And that's where real change can happen. And I will say it would have been even more brutal and rough if Daniel wasn't there with me. Like we were kind of each other's like security blanket and like just like kind of trusting each other. And like, you know, we, you know, we've known each other a long time. Like we can be vulnerable with each other. It kind of helped us to be vulnerable with everyone else in our small group. What advice would you have for someone? that is feeling that struggle and it's like is is it really worth it yeah it's worth it for sure it's not throw a retreat out of your mind this is this is not this is not a retreat this is like this is a very intentional encounter with god um Mm -hmm. at the retreat we weren't allowed to discuss our jobs so we had no clue what anyone did for work um which is really cool because then it kind of puts everybody on the same playing field and um you don't inadvertently judge someone based on what what their occupation may be. I think you know what my favorite part about getting rid of the phone and the wall, wall or the watch was it's like it's it's just you. Mm. No technology. It's just it's just you out there, and I think we we forget that a lot. What would you say is the biggest takeaway? We we go through some sanctification exercises, and you really realize how much you need other people to be there uh, helping you, uh, just as a, a safe place to talk about what you're struggling with, uh, to bear those burdens. And then just giving myself that grace. Like we, I give myself more grace of like the totality of my sin, but like I give myself less grace on like the day-to-day failures of the things I know I should be like doing or what I should be better at. Like, I feel like it's this, I feel like it's this journey of where I need to get to, like, and I'm always behind. But that's not—that's not really what sanctification is. I think. I think too. Uh, I've forgotten that you know you can bring 
kind of your emotions or how you're feeling to God, um, like even anger or sadness or, um, yeah, joy. Uh, I, I kind of just forgot that, and it was a good reminder during the retreat. Is it is it worth it to, um, you know, go on a retreat like this? I think the way that they do it, too, is really cool because you get really close with the people there in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And if we can bring those tools and, and things to, to here, it's really cool that that could be kind of what community looks like. We're different now. Like, sure. you know, like we like I can go to Daniel for anything, absolutely anything. And that's like, I feel like that's kind of the point. I've never seen a bond between men that strong. It was like, it was infectious. It was awesome. There, there is something beautiful and powerful when God interrupts the status quo and he invites us into these spaces of doing life a little differently. And I, I can say, just as I've had the chance to talk with Bennett and Daniel and hear the beautiful stories, I've also have been on this retreat and I would tell you it was life-changing for me. And guys, uh, coming up in March, there'll be another one. You'll be hearing more about that in the time to come. But this is just one small picture of what it looks like to practice Sabbath, to to intentionally set aside space where we go deeper in our relationship with God, where we we break the mold of believing that our value and our worth is based in the things that we do rather than the depth of who we are. And one of the things that we want to continue to do as a church family is just to celebrate that, to continue to practice these rhythms of pausing, of, of celebrating, of remembering, and of pressing deeper in our relationship with Jesus. All right, so the last one, uh, to yield to God's spirit to bless others. One of the things that I love about this church family is the incredible blessing and invitation that God has given us to be in the city for the city and seeking a city above. One of the things that we wanna do as we seek to live on mission for him is to grow in our attentiveness to listen to his spirit and the opportunities that he would put right in front of us as we would seek to bear witness to his presence, to his reality in our city. And over the last uh, few weeks, we had the opportunity to be a part of that as we went to Sunshine Laundromat, a laundromat just right around the corner as a group of 20 volunteers from our church family paid for laundry and interacted with people. You know, it was beautiful. I might be repeating myself in the video a little bit, but we had somebody donate $500 worth of quarters to be a part of that. We went through that in less than an hour and a half, two hours in blessing families, in coming alongside of them, of encouraging them, and just the stories of prayers, relationships, and community that were built as we did that. Not only among the people we were serving, but even among the volunteers was powerful. And so friends, I wanna share with you a little bit of what happened as we were attentive to the opportunity God gave us to bless others. This morning as I came into the church, I was greeted by the sign that is in our lobby that declares who we are as a church, that we're a gospel-centered church in the city, for the city, and seeking a city above. And as we seek to live out community, one of the most powerful things that we can do is the why in the city acronym, which is to yield to opportunities to bless others, to be attentive to the presence of the Spirit and to allow Him to lead us and guide us as we seek to follow Him. And friends, I believe that's exactly what happened back on November 11th. (laughs) 
as nearly 20 volunteers came out and joined us in blessing our city as we paid for laundry and interacted with people in su- at Sunshine Laundry, a laundromat just right around the corner here from the church. I was reminded as I went home that day of the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, 40, where he says, what you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. You know, when we come and we serve in the name of Jesus, it's not just that we are paying for laundry, but really it is an act of worship. And I believe that's what so powerfully happened as we served that day. Just the depth of relationships that we were able to be a part of, from building relationships with the owner of the laundromat and her son, to the interactions that happened with volunteers, to opportunities to pray with and encourage people as we sought to bless them in the name of Jesus. It was powerful. I went home that day, my heart just full of like, this is this is what it looks like to be the church. This is what it looks like to live on mission and to be attentive uh, to the presence of the Spirit. I want to give a special shout out to Ashley Carlisle and uh, Natalie Graham who came in clutch because we so desperately needed their skills in translation and uh, they were amazing as uh, we built relationships with people. A couple people that I talked to uh, were looking for churches. They were sharing with me parts of their story. I know that happened for many others as well. And it was just a powerful chance to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, One of the privileges and I think greatest compliments that uh, was paid to us was the fact that other churches had done this, but by far, I was, I was told we were one of the most attentive and caring uh, that had come and interacted with the people there. And I am, I'm just so grateful for the volunteers. I'm so grateful to be a part of what God is doing as we're living on mission together. And look forward to what God is going to continue to do as he leads us to be in the city, for the city, and seeking a city above. Yeah, like you said earlier, there... There for me was just this personal sense of like, yeah, this is what it looks like to live in the, in the kingdom. This is what it looks like to really uh, see the hands and feet of Jesus as we go out and we serve together. And, you know, the reality is we want to continue to grow. I know in so many ways this is going to be happening in different spaces. We're coming up on our season of global Christmas. There will be ways that we can help financially to join and to be attentive to what God might want to do as we live on mission with him. But can I tell you that yielding to God's spirit to bless others begins with simply that. It begins with a willingness to simply ask the question, here I am, Jesus, where would you send me? What would you want me to do? And um, when those opportunities come to respond, years ago, I had a, a dear friend give me a piece of advice that stuck with me through the years. And, it, and it, his advice was this, when it comes to serving others, err on the side of obedience. And basically what he meant by that was that when you get that nudge that God is calling you to do something, just do it. If you're like me, we, we go through the tapes of, oh God, oh man, do you know how this is going to interrupt my schedule? Do you know how this is going to disrupt? Do you know, what if, what if they look at me so weird and they're like, who is this guy? But if we err on the, oper- on the, err on the side of obedience, what that gives us the opportunity to do is to grow in that attentiveness, in that awareness of hearing God's voice. And you know what I found again and again and again? He opens up beautiful opportunities and doors for us to make his love known. Like the opportunities come out of the woodwork. And so the challenge I want to give to us as a church family is to continue to remain in that posture of um, celebrating. 
You know, the, today, as we have shared these stories, as we've seen God's faithfulness through our artists, as we've shared the stories of families that are getting connected because they shared an intentional meal, as we celebrate the time of Sabbath that happened, as two men experienced life transformation as they went on a retreat, as we celebrate what God did as we yielded to his opportunity in our neighborhood, we find the invitation to just continue to press in intentionality and remind ourselves of God's faithfulness and leading in our lives. If I had it my way, I would have a big boulder and I would like drop a boulder in the middle of the stage, but that would be super awkward. And so here's what I wanna do today is I, I wanna call us to set up an Ebenezer in our own hearts as we reflect back. Because here's the thing, guys, these are four stories I am aware of countless others that have happened over the last 10 weeks that we didn't get a chance to share. As we continue to share those stories, as we continue to celebrate the faithfulness of what God is doing among us, it becomes a powerful opportunity to not only see his faithfulness, but to recognize these are opportunities where he is going to continue to give us the chance to press into his kingdom in the season ahead. And so, friends, today, we, we celebrate. This is all about Jesus. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward as we, as we conclude. But I want to bring up again that picture of the four rhythms of community. Connect with God daily. Intentional meal. Time for Sabbath. And yield to God's Spirit to bless others. As we go into this holiday season, is there one of these that God would really press your heart towards? Maybe you're here and you're recognizing, you know, as we go into the Advent season, God is inviting me to go deeper in my relationship with him. Maybe it's, uh, I need to grow in my intentionality of sharing an intentional meal with others. Maybe in the hubbub of parties and stuff, carving out the simple opportunity to pause and just be present to Jesus and to celebrate his goodness in the midst of it all is what we need. Or maybe it's yielding to the spirit and asking him, Lord, over these next few weeks, where would you want to use me to be a blessing to others? Or maybe like me, you look at this and it's like, Jesus, it's all for. Whatever that call is, I, I want to give you space to simply ask the God who is good, the God who is present, to just show you. Where's he inviting you in light of his rich goodness, in light of his celebration to us to press deeper into these spaces. And as he reveals those things, um, let's respond by saying, here I am. Here I am. Use me. Just a, we're going to take uh, about a minute of silence. You might look at that and is there one that Jesus is maybe nudging your heart towards? So Lord, we do. We celebrate. Lord, again, I just... Uh, I hear those words of Psalm 46. You are both a very present and well-proved help in times of trouble. Jesus, you have given us such a gift in community here at Fellowship Nashville. Brothers and sisters who walk alongside of us, who invite us to go deeper in our relationship with you and with one another. Lord, you've given us this beautiful context to live out this reality that we've learned about in the Sermon on the Mount called the Kingdom of Heaven. And Lord, we, we want to throw our hearts open. We want to uh, set a marker in our heart of, God, you've been faithful. 
Now help us respond in how you would lead us in the seasons ahead. God, I pray for each person in this room, each person touched by the Fellowship Nashville family, that they would feel the deep sense that they belong, that they're a part of the story, that together you are doing something beautiful and amazing in this expression of your bride. So Jesus, as we enter into this holiday season, we're reminded that you are the word made flesh. You are the incarnate king of the ages. And how we pray that you would use us to be a reflection of that same incarnation. That by your spirit in us, you would allow us to bear witness to the presence of your love, your mercy, your grace, and your power. God, we pray fervently that you would transform lives, not only transforming us, but transforming this city, this community, our families and our world for your kingdom. Jesus, we love you. You are so, so good. We praise you in your name. Amen. Let me invite you to stand with me and let's sing together.